Hi everyone, Mario Zelenas here. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo Origin Gates Daily Podcast. So thrilled about the Wisdom's Echo program and all the different speakers we get to hear from, the various perspectives on life and godliness and all the things that each person brings to the table. And mine have always been story time and I will continue to do this for as long as I feel led to do so, telling a story and framing a story in such a way that I can draw some spiritual truth and some nuggets out of it to deposit with you, our listeners. And this uh, story today takes us to our beautiful property that we purchased this year and moved to really the dream house for Danielle and me, beautiful property in Connecticut. And we uh, did not expect to have the types of uh, things that are on the property, including a river that runs through the property. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a stream or a brook uh, when there's not a lot of water in it and it's a raging river when there's a lot of rain. And then on the property also we have a pond and the pond is designed to be a koi pond. That means it would uh, hold and have koi fish in it. And when we bought the home, our priority was to get a lot of different things fixed inside of the house and to get a lot of things done so that we could move in it, removing uh, carpets, putting in new flooring, painting the walls, taking care of some small repairs, new electrical panel, and, and on and on and on. The repairs went on for months. But the one thing that we didn't really focus on uh, at that time was to put koi in the koi pond and I'm glad we didn't because I didn't realize how how expensive koi are here in the US or at least in the region where I live until we were ready to do so and when I went to buy the koi I found out that they are uh, on average a thousand dollars a foot for a koi fish so if you buy it at a th if you buy a foot long koi it'll be about a thousand dollars for a foot long koi but we would because we have such a large pond, we could buy them small and raise them. Well, during the period that we didn't put koi in the koi pond, uh, as we were coming and going from the property, preparing it to move into, we noticed that there is some very interesting wildlife um, here. And we also put cameras on the property to be able to have security and, and also to capture any wildlife. So we have cameras in different spots towards the woods. We have cameras around the property in the yard. We have cameras inside the house, but the cameras that are outside started to capture images of some really interesting wildlife, including a black bear and a mountain lion, which uh, we had to have several video uh, clippings, uh, clips of, of the mountain lion to prove uh, through those who are experts and understand about animals of that nature to understand that it is a mountain lion. But um, but a lot, of people, a lot of people who saw the same videos uh, debate whether that's a mountain lion. It doesn't matter. I wouldn't want to be out when it's out. You understand what I mean? But we also noticed as we were coming and going, as we go over the bridge onto our property and over a river, the river that runs through the property over this bridge, we noticed this spectacular, magnificent great blue heron, which is a large bird with a six foot wingspan and beautiful uh, grayish blue plumage. It's, it's a stunning bird. Um, I mean, when you look at it, it's majestic. It's the best word I can think of it. And when it spreads its wings, it really takes up a lot of space and it, and it notifies you that it's there. And it has a very long 
spear-like um, uh, beak that comes forth and and of course it uses that it has long legs it goes and stands in the river and it spears fish or or frogs uh, and that sort of thing for its food so as we were doing the different things at the house uh, to prepare the house for us to move and we were making making repairs and renovations in the house we we enjoyed seeing the great blue heron every once in a while in the river and we, we, we in, in fact we would hope that we would see it in the mornings early mornings uh, because it was it, it was so spectacular but then when we fixed up the house and moved into it uh, and we put koi in the pond we, we bought small koi because our pond is such where they can grow in it so we decided to buy them small and not pay a thousand dollars per foot but to pay you know 50 to 70 or 80 dollars for one and just put put them in the in the pond and and hope they reproduce and you know the greek way of doing things as my as my dad would say um of just hoping to raise them instead of pay for them raised and after about two days of having the koi in the pond and starting to look for them and spot them and enjoy seeing them I started to find feathers of the great blue heron on the waters of our pond, which means the great blue heron had moved from the river or the stream going through our property and had now started to position itself early in the mornings in our pond, which means its, its target was our koi. And so something that was so magnificent and inspiring to us and, a, and, and an object of our admiration became an enemy of our interests when it started to target in a very natural biological way, as, as it is in nature, survival of the fittest and such, it started to position itself to be our enemy of our, of our household and of our financial estate because it started to target our koi. And at first I thought that it had gotten the largest of all of our koi and the most expensive of all of our koi. Um, we bought one that was a bit larger than the others and it was a butterfly koi, which is absolutely stunning and beautiful. And we couldn't see it for days, so we assumed that the, the bird got it. Many days later it surfaced and we found out that they do hide in the mud if they, at the bottom of the pond if they feel threatened. So that's probably what had happened. But in the meantime, I realized that I have an enemy to my koi and I need to find a way to solve this problem. So I went back to the koi farm where I bought the koi and I asked the owners of the koi farm uh, about this problem. And they said the great blue heron is the biggest enemy of our koi here as well. And the only way to be fully certain that the, the birds cannot get your koi, not just the great blue heron, but also hawks and other large fowl that we have around here, bird fowl. Uh, they said that you have to, um, you have to put a net over the, the pond. Well, our pond is very large, so it would be impossible to put a net over it. And it, it would also take away from the aesthetics. So he said, there's one other thing you can do. It's very involved. It's labor intensive, but you can get clear fishing line that's 50 pound proof and you can run it in a, in a grid over your pond. It will still prevent like a net would the, the birds from landing into your pond. You also put it along the edge of the pond so they can't walk into the pond. But he said, uh, at, at least it's clear. And unless the sun is shining on it, you don't really see it. 
So that those are the only solutions we have that work. I said, well, what about this mechanical owl that I bought? And he said, well, you're, if it hasn't done it already, that bird is the, the big great blue heron is going to come and knock that owl down because it can't stand competition and that owl is just useless. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And so we knew this wasn't going to work with the little fake owl making a little owl sound every time something comes near it. So what I did was I, I hired this young man uh, from the high school, a friend of my daughter's, and we worked for three days and we strung up um, this grid of fishing line over our pond to make it absolutely impossible for any bird with long feet like that bird or any bird of prey swooping from above to come in and land on the pond, in the pond, or swoop in and grab something out of the pond. And we have not lost one koi. We have all of our koi. They've grown to be almost a foot long each. And so that's a significant improvement in our financial state, in our pond, that is. <laughs> in other words, they're getting to the place where I'm thinking about maybe selling one to make back my money, <laughs> make back my money from the ones I spent. But the point I want to make with all of this is that often the object of our admiration can become our enemy if we don't have the proper boundaries. And the thing that we, and especially the people sometimes that we put our admiration on and become codependent on and admire so much and want to see all the time and open up our hearts to can become those who target the very things that are important to us, be it in relationships, be it resources, be it um, entities that we are responsible for or anything like that. And I don't, I don't live with a suspicion that somebody that I admire or look up to is going to hurt me. However, it can happen. And in the world and in the body of Christ even, and in many uh, aspects of life, we find this, this phenomenon happening where something that we look up to admire, consider magnificent like we did the great blue heron, under different circumstances could actually target the very things that are important to us. So what do we do to prevent such a thing from happening? And what I would say is we can enjoy the great blue heron and we can enjoy the koi. We can prevent the great blue heron from getting to the koi with invisible 50 pound proof fishing line, which is what I would liken to boundaries, right? If we have the the appropriate boundaries in our hearts, then we can prevent those things that we admire or those individuals that we open up our hearts to from hurting something that is very dear to us. I'll give you an example. Uh, a lot of times in relationships that have gone the wrong way where there have been affairs or there has been infidelity, people say that it's someone that the couple knew that got close to one of the two members of the couple, like one of the spouses and started an affair with that spouse. Like, a, like two couples go out together all the time. And then at some point, one of the members of one of the couples gets into a relationship that's an inappropriate relationship of infidelity with one of the members from the other couple. It's because there was this familiarity without the proper boundaries. It's the same thing with children that, um, get hurt by adults that get too close to the family and are trusted and maybe even admired, but the proper boundaries weren't set to protect that child from someone who had tendencies that people couldn't see. See, just like the boundaries can be invisible, 
and not make a big statement, but be there. So can the, the flaws in someone and the tendencies in someone to be hurtful towards us, we don't see them. But if the invisible boundaries are there, the perpetrators will know that there's something there that prevents them from being the way they are or, or executing whatever it is that's inside of them that's not right and manifesting it. <clears throat> see, all these birds that we're trying to keep out of our pond can see that fishing line from as high up as several hundred feet, according to what I've read up about their ability to see things. If they can spot a frog at the bottom of my pond, <clears throat> they can definitely see the fishing line. That's why they don't come around. So to us, it's an invisible barrier. We don't really see it, especially when the sun's not shining on it. And even if the sun is shining on it, it's, it's minimal visibility of that fishing line, which is the net, the grid that protects the fish from what could come from above. But what is above can see that and knows to stay away. <clears throat> and I think it's so important. My, my father-in-law once told me, I asked him if we should put a lock on my, on my piece of luggage when I was heading to the airport once. And he said, use this kind of lock. The TSA can get into it if they need to, but it keeps the honest people out. That was such an interesting way to put it. He said, I said, what do you mean by that? He said, it means that it's an extra step somebody wouldn't want to have to take if they want to just unzip your bag and grab something out of it. There's, there's a lock there. They have to pick it. They have to do something. And so if they have no business being in your luggage, they're going to stay out of it because there's an extra step. They'll go to one that doesn't have a lock. So he said it keeps the honest people out, right? And that's kind of how I felt about this whole thing with the koi. I thought, I want these birds to go somewhere else to eat. I want there to be a different restaurant for them, for my koi. I want my children, my wife, my, my, my possessions, the things that are important to me, the things I'm stewarding before Yahweh. I want those things to be protected in such a way that I'm not building fortresses around them, but I'm letting anybody that's looking in know that this is off limits to you beyond a certain point of relationship where you are accountable to me for my stewardship of them. This is, what it, this is really important what I just said. It's so important that people know they're accountable to us for that which is precious to us. They may have access to it. For example, I have many friends that have a relationship and a friendship with my wife as a friend of our household accountable to me for the way they treat her. It's the same thing with our children. When they were small, there were people who took care of them, came and babysat them, or took them out for ice cream with their kids, but they knew that they're accountable to us for the way they're gonna behave with our children. In other words, invisible fishing line. That, that it's there, they can see it, there are boundaries, but those boundaries don't have to be fortresses around our kids. So they have the freedom to grow, just like my fish have the freedom to grow in the pond. The fishing line is not keeping them from growing, but it's also keeping their enemies from getting to them. And so I believe the boundaries are so important. And there's so much that can be said about this entire books are written about it, seminars, webinars, all this stuff about boundaries. But I wanted you to consider it with me today from the angle of the koi pond with the koi fish in it and the fishing line, the invisible fishing, fishing, fishing line or the, 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 the transparent, I should say, fishing line, not invisible, the fishing line that can't be seen unless the sun is shining on it, that enables us to protect what's dear to us 
from that which we also admire and appreciate, but we don't want it getting to them because of the way um, that process works in nature and all creation. I hope you got something from that and I hope you have proper boundaries around what's valuable to you and especially what you're responsible for. I bless you in the name of Yeshua. Until we speak again, Shalom.